listening to Victory Alabang Podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. Okay, hello Victory family. How are you guys doing today? I uh, hope you are all doing well. For those of you joining us uh, from your own homes, welcome to uh, worship service today. My name is Pastor Ariel and I'm one of the pastors of this congregation. I'm just so blessed. I'm just so blessed to be here uh, today and uh, see all uh, the people here on site uh, were kind of pretty full today, no? Uh, can we just give the Lord a praise, uh, you know, just to honor His name and His faithfulness. Uh, I'm just so excited to see all of your faces, even with the face masks on. And I'm just so blessed as well to listen to the testimonies earlier from William, uh, even uh, from Rachel from the ENC uh, uh, video, and also from Spring. Uh, and I hope that you are all doing well today. We're Continuing with our series on uh, the ability to produce wealth. And how many of you know that God has always been faithful to give us the ability to produce wealth? Amen? Would you agree with me on that? No matter what you're going through today, and no matter what stage you're in in this pandemic, I believe that God's faithfulness will never fail us. And uh, last week, we actually talked about God's charge to obey His covenant. And, uh, you know, we have seen that obedience brings blessings. Would you say that with me? Obedience brings blessings. Let's say it again. Obedience brings blessings. You know, there's always a fruit of obedience. And we see that even in Deuteronomy chapter 28 when uh, God has, uh, when Moses summarized a whole chapter of blessings and curses, he said that when we obey, there's so much blessing attached to obedience. And the reality is God does not want to take anything from us. In fact, God wants to bring something to us. He wants to give to us provision. He wants to give to us His blessings. He wants to give us grace every day. He wants to show us His faithfulness. And, you know, 2020 and even 2021 has been a difficult time in season for many. This is not just for many, but for all of us uh, in the area of finance, in the area of health, in the area of security, in the area of relationships. But I believe that we have seen the handprint and the, you know, the, the walk with God uh, during this time in this season. So today we're going to be looking at remembering. Everybody say remembering. How many of you have a good memory? Okay. I can't raise my hand because, uh, you know, sometimes I go through senior moments already. You know. uh, I, I tend to forget, you know, but uh, today we're going to be looking at what it means to remember God's faithfulness, what it means to remember God's covenant blessings for us. And so if you have your Bibles, why don't you go ahead and open to Deuteronomy chapter 8. We're still in the same chapter. As I said last week, we're going to be camping on this chapter for the entire month. Deuteronomy chapter 8 is actually a chapter on warning and remembering. And so we're going to be looking at and focusing on remembering today. So I'd like to invite everybody to stand with me. Deuteronomy 8, verse 2 to 5. We're going to be reading from the ESV version this time. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 2 to verse 5. And reading from the English Standard Version. For those of you who are joining us from your homes, uh, go ahead and uh, open your digital device. Or maybe you have a physical Bible just like me. And it's always good to read the Word of God. And we want to be able to verbalize it and really believe what God is saying uh, in his promises. Verse 2, it says, You shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, 
whether you would keep his commandments or not. Verse 3, and he humbled you. Everybody say, humbled you. And let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you, and your foot did not swell these 40 years. Verse 5, Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. This is the word of the Lord. Let's just bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you so much for your promises, your word that always encourages us. I thank you that you have never forsaken your people, even as we have gone through the wilderness, as we have gone through this pandemic, and as we are continuing to journey uh, this year, 2021. I thank you that you are continuing to lead us, show to us that you have been a faithful God, faithful to us in the past, you will continue to be faithful today, and you'll always be faithful forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, you may all be seated and uh, hope that you will just give a quick glance and smile to the person beside you. Uh, it's just amazing how, you know, we're slowly opening up our, uh, you know, things. You know, uh, I heard from the IATF that uh, even five-year-olds are now allowed to go out of the house, not in the malls, I think, but outside uh, in open spaces like parks or alfresco dining. And so... Uh, I think some of our staff heard the guards in the mall the other day and they said, Naku, marami na namang makulit na batang tatakbo sa mall. Parang ganun, okay? But five-year-olds. But still, we need to be uh, careful about that. And uh, I think earlier we also announced that even fully vaccinated seniors are now allowed to go uh, join us here on site. All right, my question for us today, so we're on the topic of remembering have you ever forgotten something important? Or ako lang yun. Have you, you know, if you have forgotten something really important, could you, would you kindly raise your hand? You've forgotten something in the past. Okay? Whether your cell phone in the restaurant, have you ever left your cell phone in the restaurant? Okay? The question is not when, but how many times, right? Or have you ever left your keys in the car and you locked it? It's there. You know, I've done that. Or maybe uh, leaving my wallet in the house and I have been driving without a license. Has that ever happened to you? You know, and there are some things that you forget, you know. Yes, it's a bit serious but not fatal. But not really going to be uh, too much of a consequences. But some effects of forgetfulness are really damaging. Like can you imagine, for example, you're, you left the house and you locked the doors, and you forgot to blow out the candle in your room. I mean, what could be the consequence of that, right? Or maybe you're on a trip to, let's say, uh, Japan, and on your way to the airport, heavy traffic, you forgot your passport. And the flight is about 30 minutes from that particular time. How many of you know that is not a nice time to forget something? Right? Or you forgot your wedding anniversary. I mean, you can forget anything except that, okay? Uh, in fact, sometimes during uh, my officiating of a wedding, I always tell the couple, especially the, the groom, 
you know, today is your holiday. You can forget all the holidays in the Philippines, but don't ever forget this holiday. Especially when you celebrate it with your wife. And, you know, one of the central themes of the book of Deuteronomy is a call to remember. We're asked to remember who God is. And we're called to remember what He has done. And, you know, Moses painstakingly made sure that before they cross over to the promised land, he made sure that he had three sermons. He was about 120 years old during this time. In fact, Moses was disqualified because of like anger issues. Okay, I mean, you can read that uh, account. Okay, But yet God told him, you're not going to enter the promised land. Only the people of God will enter. And so he made sure that they will be successful in their journey in the promised land. In fact, at 120 years old, the Bible describes Moses to be, his strength was still there and his eyesight was still strong. And then God was the one who took him. And yet, you know, before the Israelites entered the promised land, God reminded them of the time when he was so faithful in the 40 years of their wandering in the desert and how he humbled them and how he tested them and how he provided for them every day. You know, the manna we're going to be talking about later on is an amazing provision from God. Have you ever seen a manna in your life? I mean, the physical manna. Actually, the Bible says in Joshua chapter 5 that the manna ended, never happened again, when the Israelites entered their promised land and when they started eating the fruit of the land. And so it's an amazing story of how God provided for His own people. In the wilderness, there was no economy, there was no marketplace, there was no sari-sari store, but then when they wake up in the morning, boom, there's provision there. And yet, God's warning us because many times when abundance comes, pride can set in the hearts of people. Isn't that true? We tend to forget God when there's plenty. But yet, when there's a lack, we tend to cry out to Him. But the, the, you know, the, the, the warning is also there that when there is lack, the tendency sometimes is for us to complain and to grumble. So in times of abundance, The temptation is pride. In times of lack, the temptation is grumbling and complaining. You know, when the people start to think that it is through their ability or strength that they've started to make good their life, that is a dangerous path to take. Amen. Because the Bible says, remember. Everybody say, remember. Look at the person beside you and say, remember. Remember. Because it is the Lord who gives us the ability to produce well. Never coming from us. It doesn't matter which school you, you, you graduated from, which family you grew up in, what kind of neighborhood you were, you know, you were from. You know, it is ultimately the Lord who gives us the ability to produce well. And I believe that this brings us to a level playing field, right? You know, even if you studied from a nice prestigious university or you know, some babang paaralan lang ng whatever, San Andres, or whatever, okay? It doesn't matter because it is the Lord Himself who will take us through and through in our life. And there are three things that we need to remember. What do we need to remember? First thing we need to remember is this. Remember God's leading in the wilderness. Even in the desert, God was there. And guess what? God did not abandon His people. God was there in front of them. He was leading them. And we see that in verse 2. 
It says, you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has what? Has what? Has led you these 40 years in the wilderness. You know, God led them in the wilderness. You know what? What could have been taken, you know, 11 days? And I was studying my map of the Bible. You know, you check this out, okay? Just take note of this uh, verse. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 2. And it says there, The normal trip of the Israelites from Mount Horeb to Kadesh Barnea, the border of the promised land, is 11 days. How many years did they take for them to actually reach that point? 40 years. Why was that? Because of unbelief, because of pride, because of disobedience, and because of complaining and grumbling. How many of us would like to reach our destination faster? <laughs> you got to have thankfulness. You got to have obedience. You got to have trust. Amen. And God led them. Even during the time that they were lost, God was there for them, and God was there with them, and God was there leading them. Imagine they were going around in a circle, and they have a better GPS system than Waze. How many of you use Waze? I mean, I, I, I use Waze when I drive, right? And it shows you uh, the way, so to speak. But during their time, they don't have Waze. They have a pillar of cloud by day, and a fire by night. How many of you know that is better than ways? For me, that is three-dimensional ways. Because you don't just see it from the phone. You actually see it in front of you. You see the pillar of fire. And when the pillar of fire goes left, uh, goes left, you turn left. If it goes right, you turn right. If it stops, you camp there. And it's a 24-hour thing. They don't just use that when they're on a journey. It's always there for them. God led them in their unbelief, even in, the, in, the, in their unbelief, even in the time of them feeling uh, lost. Actually, God was there taking care of them. And we may not like how God leads us, but the reality is it is good for us. And how many of you know that when God leads, it's safe? Because He is a good shepherd to us. In fact, in Psalm 23, if you will recall, you know, I'm pretty sure that you're familiar with this Bible, uh, with this particular Psalm. The Bible says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Isn't that amazing? That even in times of seemingly difficult situation like time of lack, time of pandemic, 2020, you know, you lost your job, you lost your opportunity, or you lost a business. How many of you are in the midst of losing something, God opens a door? We've been seeing that earlier, right? He turns dead ends into doorways. Oh, an, what an amazing God that we have. How many of you have experienced that in the past? That God provided for you. Can I see a raise of hands? Amen. Can we just give the Lord praise for that? Amen. This is something common to us. And I think we need to talk about it. We need to celebrate God's faithfulness. 
You don't just go out and rant about, you know, wala akong trabaho, negosyo. Sometimes you focus on the negative, but amazingly, God's always taken us forward and have provided for us. Be humble and be grateful because of God's leading. My question for us today, for those of you watching at home, how has God led you in the past year, 2020, during this pandemic? I mean, as He led us, yes, Pastor, He led me home. I'm always at home. Yeah, I'm t- aside from that, you know, how has God led us? You know, I asked the permission of Janine, uh, sister of Pastor Bodhi, if I can share this story. You know, because um, she opened a nail salon. Okay, uh, I think pre-pandemic. And it was, it was really good. You know, the, the salon was great. Somewhere in BF. I think we prayed for that uh, salon. Uh, and, uh, you know, we were excited. You know, dedication, blessing. How many of you know that, you know, sometimes we think that dedication and blessing is it to protect our business? But how many of you know it's ultimately the will of God that really directs us? And so what happened was during pandemic, we know that everything closed. Salon closed, personal you know, services closed, and it was really affect, uh, it was really much affected. And so Janine said uh, that she had to eventually close down her business. And it was a sad chapter of that TLC spa. But yet, while in the process of closing that business or about to close that business, one of her friends asked her a favor, can you bake cupcakes for me? Not really sure if Janine studied baking or culinary, but she's quite talented and she baked and she delivered and they were so happy. And guess what? Orders started to come in. And even if the TLC spa closed, guess what? Frost by TLC opened into a new opportunity for Janine. And in fact, this is what she told me. I asked her this morning for the details. They've been, she's been earning more now than what she used to earn in her TLC spa. How many of you know that God is a faithful God? Amen. He's never failed me yet. He's never failed us yet. And we would think and see that, oh, this spa was a failure. No. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are better than our ways. Amen. And if God leads us in this particular situation, so be it, Lord, because I know your hand that continues to provide for your children no matter what. Amen. Come on now. God leads us even in the wilderness. And there's just so many stories to tell, but we don't have time. You know, I, I, I have heard of so many things that happened, even among, you know, we heard of the story of William a while ago. And there are people who lost jobs, who actually pivoted from a job to now a coffee shop business, and they're doing very well. When God leads, we follow. Remember that. God leads us in the wilderness. Second thing to remember is God Remember God's testings and God's discipline for us. In verse 2b, it says, you know, remember that? That He might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, 
whether you would keep His commands or not. And that's really the purpose of test. The purpose of test is so that God will find out, that we will know what's in our heart. In verse 5, it says, Know then in your heart. Everybody say, in your heart. Make it personal. In my heart. Know then in your heart that as man disciplines his son, the Lord disciplines you. Think about that for a moment. He has tested us sometimes, but He has provided for us all the time. Testing does not happen all the time. Testing happens sometimes. You know, if you're a, uh, if you're a student, do you have tests every day? No, I don't think so. You have lectures, you have recitation, you have projects, and then at the end of a semester or something, you got tests, right? Tests happen periodically. And in, the, in life as well, God brings us to a test in order to reveal what's inside our hearts. Test basically reveals what's in your heart. You know, if you're working in an organization, for example, in a company, you have your annual physical exams. It's a, an annual physical test. They test your what? Cholesterol, triglycerides, right? Your kidney or creatinine or whatever. You know, some of us are always high in the test, right? High marks. Yung iba normal, di ba? You know, I've always had a high mark on my uric acid until like three years ago it became normal. Praise God. Okay? But guess what? The reason why God tests our heart is not so that He can find what's in our hearts. How many of you know that God knows what's in your heart already? It's so that we will know what's in our heart. The test is not for Him. The test is for us. The test is so that we will grow. The test is so that we will learn that God's faithfulness has always been there no matter what. God's allowing us to go through the fire. Through the fire. And that our hearts would reveal whether we're humble, whether we're proud, whether we're full of bitterness or complaints or forgiveness, so on and so forth. He led us so that He can humble us to reveal what's in our heart. You know, and the reason why we are tested is because God wants us to move from glory to glory. Unless you take a test, you don't move from grade one to grade two. Right? And that's the beauty of life. Don't even be surprised anymore that you are going through a test. Life is always going to have tests. And let me say this. God wants to make sure that our faith is genuine, or sa Tagalog, genuine, so that He can prove to us whether we are for Him or not. A faith that isn't tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. You know, my question for us today is, how is your faith? Did you pass the test when you go through the situation in your life? And sometimes you go, and you know, many times the tests are fiery trials. Just like, you know, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, during the time of Nebuchadnezzar, and they were thrown into the fiery furnace. But they did not even smell like smoke because there was a fourth man in the furnace. And I believe that when God brings us to a fiery trial, God turns 
the heat up in our life not to burn us, but to bless us. And sometimes we think that, you know, God's punishing me or God's judging me or God wants to destroy me. No! God wants to build you up. God wants to bless you. God wants to bring something to you. God wants to promote you. God wants to elevate you. God wants to make sure that you will not be destroyed by wealth if blessings do come in your life. That's why we need to be ready. I'd like to uh, read a quote from J.C. Vernon, a theologian. He said, God wants them to remember the past. They should see in the past that God has been dealing with them, that He has been testing and training them. God wants us to remember our past too. God's put it like this for the believer, being confident of this very thing, that He who began a good work in us will be able to uh, fulfill it or perform it until the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are to remember that God has led us and has blessed us. Don't ever forget that. Testings and the discipline of God is a way of God showing His love and commitment for us. There's a different way of us seeing test, 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 or test, you know. You know, God's discipline is really spiritual training. You know, when you talk about the discipline of God, God is training us. Kind of like an athlete going to the Olympics, right? There's Olympic Olympic Games right now in, in Japan. Unfortunately, they're in a state of emergency and no spectators can actually watch the, the sports. Only the athletes and the officials. But yet, that's the, that's the essence of training. And when God disciplines us, He trains us. However, many people have a negative view about discipline. And you know, they think that discipline must be avoided at all costs. On the contrary, you know, it shouldn't actually be that way because, you know, many times we think that God is angry when He disciplines us. But the truth is, He disciplines us because He loves us. And, you know, when I, you know, I have, I have four kids, okay? As a father, because of my love for my children, I am careful to discipline them. And I discipline them by giving them the rod when they were younger, of course, not anymore, when they were younger, so that they will obey and they will honor. But at the same time, it's a way for me to show my love and commitment for them because I want them to walk in the ways of God. Of course, after discipline, there's restoration and all. That's another topic. Okay? But the essence of discipline is because the father loves his children. And the root of the word discipline is to train up and to teach. And this is, the word, uh, this is where we get the word disciple. Because a disciple is what? He's a learner. He is a student. God disciplines His children so that we will grow up and learn of His ways. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5 to 6 says, And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? And he said this, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by Him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. Look at the person beside you right now and tell that person, God loves you. And then tell the other person, so be ready for his discipline. <laughs> I have nothing to be on, right? But the reality is, whether you like it or not, 
whether you think you're ready or not, God tests us. God disciplines us. The Israelites were tested and they failed many times though. Instead of trusting in His Word, what did they do? They complained. They grumbled. You know, they said, you know, in Exodus chapter 16, you know, it was better for us back in Egypt. There was food in Egypt. Did you bring us out here in the desert so that we can die? And that was always their statement with Moses. So God got tired and said, by this time tomorrow, they're going to eat meat in the morning, uh, in the evening, and they're going to have bread in the morning. Every single day for 40 years, God has been faithful to them. My exhortation for us today is be careful. There was a, there was a sitcom or a, like a telenovela before, right? Be careful of your heart, something like that. But my statement is be careful of your grumbling heart. Be careful that you don't have a complaining heart. But let's develop a heart of gratefulness and a heart of generosity. Deuteronomy 8, chapter, uh, chapter 8, verse 16 says, Who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and test you. And I like this last statement. To do you good in the end. That's the purpose of discipline and test. To do us good in the end. Those who pass God's test have realized that they are better Christians and that it's always been glorious in the end. My last point, what do we need to remember? We need to remember that God has led them in the wilderness, that you know, God's given us testings and discipline. And the third is, remember God's provision and preservation. We like this, right? Remember that God has provided for us in the past, God will continue to do it again. Continue to do it again. In verse 3, it says, He humbled you and He let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor your fathers know, that He might make you know. Or in the NIV, it says, To teach you that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. In fact, this is the very same scripture or text that Jesus quoted in Matthew chapter 4, when he was being tempted by the enemy, the devil, because he was, you know, he was fasting and the enemy showed him some bread and Jesus said, I'm not about to break my fast. Man does not live by bread alone. So here we can see that God allowed them to be hungry. How many of you are hungry already? Please raise your hand. Be honest, be honest. Okay? I've been eating breakfast. But hunger is a reminder of God's opportunity to turn that hunger into fullness. The Bible says, He let them be hungry that He might feed them. Do you ever realize that food is much better eaten when you're hungry than when you're full? You appreciate the taste of food. Right? And the best miracles that we experience happen in times of lack. Sometimes you have a miracle and you have more than enough. You don't really appreciate that. You don't even take note of it. But when you have nothing and a miracle comes in, how many of you know that you will be grateful to the Lord for that miracle? God causes us to be hungry sometimes so that He can feed us. With manna. And the most amazing miracle of all time for me eh, is manna in the wilderness. 
There's nothing like it. This is what you call bread coming from heaven. And you know, if you will uh, read the account in Exodus chapter 16, it says in verse 4, just to describe what manna was, okay? It says in verse 4, Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. And the people are to go out each day. Everybody say each day. And gather enough for that day. So imagine this. God was instructing Moses, tell the people, every single day, they don't have to work. They just have to go out and harvest. How many of you know that that is a sign of God's faithfulness? Manna was freshly baked bread from heaven delivered to their doorsteps every day. It's an amazing miracle. And it says, In this way I will test them to see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. Verse 14, it says, When the dew was gone, the description of manna was this, thin flakes like frost on the ground. Isn't that the reason why you named your business Frost by TLC? Manna. Like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And when you talk about manna, manna sounds, sounds something like that. What is it? So if you don't know anything about a certain topic, just say manna. Okay? What is it? You know, to describe manna is just so difficult because, you know, I'm just trying to imagine, how do you describe what manna tastes like? Imagine with me for a moment because, you know, they've been eating manna for 40 years. None of them died of heart attack or cholesterol. It's healthy. But yet, the Bible says, it's a thin wafer with honey. So imagine with me for a moment. Go to healthy options and buy all the healthy stuff you can and infuse that with Krispy Kreme. That is manna for you guys. Can you imagine eating Krispy Kreme that's healthy every single day? And you don't get fat? Let's go local. Parang aling nenes, aling lola nenas. Triple cheese donuts. Every day. With all the micronutrients. Wow! Man! That's manna for you. Every single day. They wake up in the morning. On Saturdays, God said, Take twice the amount because you don't have to go out on a Sunday because God will take care of you. And I believe manna is healthy and delicious and yet, it is not prime rib. It is not andox lichong baka. It is not roast chicken. It is not kare-kare. It is not the, the, the thing that you enjoy every single day. That would come later on after 40 years when they enter the promised land. In the meantime, they had manna. Manna was a miracle. And manna was enough. It is enough. It was actually a way of God teaching them that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. How many times do you have to take manna? Every single day. They have to go out and uh, gesture of you going out of your house and taking on manna from the ground is a gesture of trust in the Lord. 
It's a gesture of, Lord, I know today that when I wake up in the morning, there's going to be food for me in my household. How many of you know that always has been true? For the Israelites, it will always be true for us as people. Amen. Manna was a miracle. Come on now, give the Lord praise. Manna was the miracle. And it was enough. You know, when we were, I think when Bea was about uh, high school, fourth year, she was praying for an exchange program uh, in uh, University of Singapore, uh, National University of Singapore in NUS. And we didn't have the funds to do it. But before she prayed for that, you know, some, you know my, my wife uh, had a burden to help one of her nieces for, for education. And so for, for a couple of years, we've been giving an allowance to her niece. Uh, you know, every month, we would send it, I think, via a bank account. And so uh, it was not much. But we would sow and we would just take care of the needs of her niece. And so Bea eventually, uh, and we didn't do this because of that. Eventually, Bea wanted to apply in a, a program in Singapore. And since we didn't have the funds, I said, you know, maybe, you know, apply for a scholarship. And guess what? She got the scholarship. And, uh, you know, there was a grant. And the grant included plane fare, free board and lodging, a stipend that took care of all the expenses she had while she was in Singapore. And after her uh, time in Singapore, she was still able to buy two balikbayad boxes for the family out of her stipend from what she received from the scholarship. That was manna. Amen. And that was enough. And I believe that God will take us into situations wherein, Lord, bitina. Guess what? That is enough. And if you look at the situation and when God will just faithfully provide for you every single day, you know, I believe that you will appreciate the fact that, you know, God's hand has always been there. You know, our, recently our kitchen has been flooding, needing repairs. It looks like the Niagara Falls. Every time it rains, it pours in-house. And so, uh, because we realized that there were like holes in the roof, and so it was due for repairs. And um, so, what I did was, I talked to a small contractor from the village who also lost his job during the pandemic. And so I said, um, I want to give you an opportunity to earn income. At the same time, he's helping me fix my roof. And so, you know how it is, right? Uh, when you do a repair or construction, the initial budget is normally not enough, but it's normally double or triple what was originally planned. And guess what? That was true to us. What was the original quotation was, became double. And so I said, okay, anyway, God will provide for this. And so yesterday, I gave the payment to the contractor. He was happy because he brought his son. He helped him in the construction. The, the work was done. And right after that, about an hour after that, God provided something, manna, that covered the roof repair and plus more. We can now actually even repair whatever, okay, some of the tiles. How many of you know that that is manna and that was enough? Amen. Because when we look at how Come on, here. Come on, give the Lord praise for that. And I'm just sharing this story not so that, you know, I'm telling that I'm in need. God is my provider, guys. God is your provider. 
you have a mana every single day. Open up your eyes. Because I believe that if you learn to trust in the Lord and look to Him as your source and not look to people as your source, get what? He will never ever fail you in providing for you. Amen. He provides and that was enough. And He preserves. In verse 4, and I'm about to close here. Your clothes did not wear out and your feet did not swell during the 40 years that you were walking in the wilderness. Can you imagine that? You're using the same clothes. For those of you who are women, you don't like that, right? Because you like to change your, your clothes every now and then. But what an amazing preservation of assets that God gave them. You know, I was talking to Pastor June this morning, uh, June DiVierte, after his preaching. So we, we kind of uh, said goodbye, and hello and goodbye. And he said, you know, I, was, uh, I brought my two cars in the casa. And I said, well, what's the problem? And he said, you know, one of my cars... I had a problem with the radiator, and so it's overheating. Apparently, there was a leak in the radiator. I said, isn't that quite new? And he said, yeah, I don't know what happened. So, and I was sharing to him, you know, I am driving an eight-year-old car. And believe it or not, I have never opened the radiator and added water in it for the past eight years. I've only added maybe coolant three times in the past eight years. And he said, Wow! What's, what an amazing story. I said, I think that's verse 4 of our preaching today. That God preserves, of course, tomorrow I'm going to have it checked again, okay? Just to make sure because I don't want that to happen to me as well. No? I don't want to be irresponsible. But I realize, you know, many times we just forget. We just forget. And I was reminded this morning how God took care of our car for eight years. Never had a major problem. And this scripture talks about that. Your clothes did not wear out. Your feet did not have gout. It did not swell. In the past 40 years, when God provides, He preserves. I believe that God wants to provide for us and God will preserve what we have. I want to skip the next part because there are Stages of wealth. And I believe that when you talk about stages of wealth, you know, there's wealth protection. You protect your, your health. That is the best wealth that you have. You are the best wealth. Because I believe that when we wake up in the morning and we are in good health, how many of you know that is a miracle from God? God protects. And then God allows us to accumulate wealth. This is actually God opening streams of income for us. And then there's wealth preservation. God allows us to not only accumulate, but He preserves and He keeps that wealth so that eventually it can be distributed to the next generation, wealth distribution. Because that's how God is to us. And you may actually be listening to this sermon right now and you may say, Pastor, I'm not even there. Guess what? Don't even worry about it. As long as you have manna every single day, God's going to take care of you. That is enough. That is enough. Verse 18, I want to remind everybody, remember this. Remember the Lord your God because it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so it confirms the covenant that He has made to our ancestor as it is today. Ultimately, it is God who provides. It is God who preserves. And all we need to do is to be grateful and to be good stewards 
of the things that He has added to us. Amen. As I end, I just want to make this statement. God led us through hard times. God tested us sometimes. But God provided for us at all times. Come on out. His provision, His faithfulness will never come to an end. They're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Amen. Remember God's faithfulness at all time. Remember His faithfulness all the time. He's always going to be there for us. Let's bow our heads right now and pray. In fact, I want to invite everybody to stand as we prepare for worship. I want to pray for you first. Let's all lift up our hands to the Lord. Father God, we thank you for your faithfulness to us, your children. Thank you for leading us in the wilderness. Thank you for leading us in the desert, God. Thank you for the miracles that you have given to us, the small miracles every single day, the manna that we have sometimes, Lord, uh, forgotten to see or maybe overlooked. But I thank you, God, that you will help us to remember. Help us to remember how you've led us. Help us to remember your testings and your discipline. Help us to remember your provision for us every day. Lord, I pray that you would help us to have grateful hearts today. Lord, take away doubt and worry and unbelief and complaining. And I thank you, Lord God, that you'll always be lifted up every single day. That, Lord, we will always bless you. Lord God, with the miracle that you have given to us. Thank you, Lord God, because great is your faithfulness to us every day. And we're so grateful for this, Lord God, for what you have done and for who you are in our lives. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victoryalabang.church.